everybody, and thanks again for joining me here on Take a Knee. You know, I love stories of wisdom and fables, especially Aesop's fables, and you can check those out. I remember listening to those a lot when I was a child. You could get them on cassette tapes or whatever form they came in when I was a kid. I don't even remember what we used to do, but it seems like they had certain kinds of tapes, whether it be cassette or otherwise. But I remember in my like third, fourth, and fifth grade years, we would have a time where we could read in the library. And I loved magazines back in those days. I loved Sports Illustrated and loved to read about my favorite teams. When I was younger, I loved and read every single one of the Cat in the Hat books. I absolutely just adored those and read every single one, every opportunity I had and read them over and over again. Because one of the things that I remember is that I was drawn to was Wise sayings, they just, I don't know what it was about me as a child, but it intrigued me that little nuggets of truth were something that were enjoyable to hear about, especially in the context of a story such as Dr. Seuss and the Cat in the Hat stories almost always had some kind of a lesson, a moral, if you will. And then, of course, Aesop, who was an ancient wise man, in fact, Let me do this. Let's find out who Aesop was. I can read this for us. Aesop's Fables. Aesop was a Greek storyteller born in approximately 620 BC. Tradition says he was born as a slave, but developed a real talent for fables that were used to teach truths in a simple, understandable way. While Aesop was revered for his abilities, it is almost certain that many of the fables attributed to him were actually written by countless people over the ages. So, interesting, isn't it? But he's the one who's then attributed to all of these different fables that come. And you can certainly read, as you read some of these, the different complex stories. The one I'll read first here today, I want to be kind of a launch point for our discussion and what I want to share with you today. It's called The Ass in the Lion's Skin. So let me read it, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. An ass, or a donkey, having put on a lion's skin, roamed about, frightening all the silly animals he met with. Seeing a fox, he tried to alarm him also. But the fox, having heard his voice, said, Well, to be sure, and I should have been frightened too if I had not heard you bray. They who assume a character that does not belong to them generally betray themselves. So it's interesting, isn't it? And of course, has tremendous biblical connections that what he is saying here is that our character often will, in the end, betray us. You cannot hide who you really are. So many different sayings connecting to this wonderful fable. So people want to go around being the lion. They want to be able to be who they are, whether it be in their words or deeds. And yet on the inside, they're really the braying ass the donkey, the fool. And so I wanted to take a moment to look at that from a biblical standpoint here today. In the grand scheme of things, as far as Aesop's fables and how you might enjoy those and reading those as I do, but also going to the scripture, especially the book of Proverbs, which you've heard me talk about often, in being kind of the foundation for biblical wisdom. Now, one of the things that the Bible does say, especially Solomon, who most of these Proverbs are attributed to, He says this, he says that wisdom can be found anywhere and that the wise man will grow in his wisdom. 
In other words, he's listening. And you can gain wisdom from a child. You can gain wisdom from fables. You can gain wisdom from Dr. Seuss. You can gain wisdom from everything, from movies, from music, from everything, because the wise person has their heart switched to channel wisdom. It's switched. And you ever noticed, too, as an example, that when you buy a car or you're looking at a car, but it's most often when you buy one, that all of a sudden you see your car everywhere and you never saw them before. In fact, (laughs) before you bought the car, you assumed you're buying one that nobody else had. I just did that. And now I bought a truck that is called Delmonico Red, and I just love Delmonico Red. And it's kind of a deep auburn type color and never saw any trucks driving around with that color. Never. In fact, when I bought it, of course, I didn't buy it with that in mind, but I loved that color because I thought it was so unique. And that in my recollection, I didn't see very many you know, people driving it. Of course, until I drove it off the lot and now... Everywhere I go, I see him. (laughs) So what I guess I'm saying there and using that as an analogy is that once you switch your heart to something, once you have bought into something, once you are familiarized with something, it's your passion, it's your focus, it is your way of life, you're going to see it. You're going to see it everywhere. In fact, fools are attracted to fools and wise people to wise people. And so Wisdom is something that we can grow in if our hearts are switched to it. And as I said, you can find it anywhere. And you can, in fact, step back and say, you know what? That was wise. Because you recognize it. You sense it. You feel it. And you might even ask, well, what characterizes you know, wisdom? Well, we'll get into that in a second. But just from a purely non-biblical sense, I guess, is that maybe it's logical. You know, that wisdom is logical, makes sense. Wisdom that is looking forward, it has forethought, it is looking ahead for the potential problems. A wise person would use the best fittings on their pipes or in their electricity or replacement parts on their cars rather than something cheap or off-brand because a wise person is thinking about the future. They're thinking about all of that. A wise person would say, I'm going to put aside my urge for what I want now for something later, which of course seems like it comes in conflict. But a wise person is able to know the difference that when I need to spend money now that it's going to affect my future, or if I need to save money now and that'll affect my future. See, wisdom can parse, it can divide between all of the decisions of this life. And there are a lot of them, aren't there? I mean, the older we get, the decisions we have to make concerning our money, the decisions that we have to make concerning people and relationships that we have, people that we connect ourselves to, the time that is involved in the relationships we make, decision in marrying a spouse, who that person's going to be. Some people make a decision regarding a spouse just because they look great and they're beautiful or they're handsome, and yet they don't look at the character And so the ass is underneath the lion's skin and only to reveal himself later. And so wisdom is something that can be learned. In fact, an incredible skill. And what Solomon tells us as we now segue into looking at the book of Proverbs is that Solomon is telling us that wisdom, in fact, is one of the greatest things that we can acquire. (laughs) So Someone might not say that. Someone might say that it's their skill, it's their sex, it's where they're born, their elite status or whatever. But 
What we find in studying the book of Proverbs is that Solomon, who is the wisest man on the planet and who is the richest man on the planet, neither of those things really are able to fully bring in peace. He says those are great things, but he will then point to something that he himself will be constantly challenged with. And that is what I'm going to read right now. He begins in his first chapter where it says this. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So off the bat, what Solomon is going to do for us is juxtapose, put in contrast, the wise person and the foolish person, because it's important for us to see both. But yet his point here and what he will say in other places is that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, that a fool says in his heart, there is no God. But the wise person says there is a God and I fear him. I recognize him. I recognize that he is the one who is the driver. His divine, providential, sovereign will is what controls mankind, who controls the destiny of human beings individually and human beings generally, and of course, mankind as a species. And so we are in a place now in this world where this is becoming more and more evident. And I think you know what I'm talking about. We could go through a few current event things, but I'll say this and then we'll come back to it to just make the statement. And that is, if we're going to survive in this world, we need to grow in the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord will then teach us wisdom. Now, wisdom is not the end all because there is not a one of us who can be always wise all the time. In fact, our sinful nature, our lack of wisdom, you know, we learn often by our mistakes, don't we? We learn because we recognize that maybe a decision was not the best one. I also like to say to people, why learn from your own mistakes when you can learn from others' mistakes? And of course, that's where the Bible comes in, where we can read about David and some of the decisions he made. We can learn from Solomon, who gives us a tremendous amount of wisdom in his sayings, but also in his life, when we read about how in the end of Solomon days, even the wisest, richest man on the planet who told us that we should fear the Lord is a man who allowed his wives, of which he had many, led him astray. He married wives that believed and followed foreign gods, and they caused him to stumble. That, of course, affected the future, didn't it? Because his son was not wise and did a foolish thing. And in the end, his destiny, or I should say his future, his contribution to Israel ended up being a divided kingdom, which is not a good thing. In other words, the 10 northern tribes and the two southern tribes were now divided, and we had Israel and Judah, and this could all be hung around Solomon's neck. So here is the wisest man who still struggled. So back to my point that we learn from our struggles. We learn from the decisions that people have made. So we can learn from Solomon that to give in to immorality and to let other idols and things steal our fear of the Lord, we can look at that and see and be warned, be forewarned, and ask the Holy Spirit to help us avoid, (laughs) I'll say it this way, the extremes that we give ourselves into. And so when we have settled into the wisdom of God and the fear of the Lord, then we find ourselves making better choices. And better choices lead to better outcomes in the future. And so I would encourage you to be reading in the book of Proverbs as often as you can. 
to build up your abilities, to build up your cache of knowledge, not just based upon technology or how well you can use an iPhone or how much you know about the internet or how much you know about math or science or archaeology or the humanities or literature or history or whatever. And it's not wrong to be a master of these things, but to understand that without the fear of the Lord and without a wisdom of God, all of these things, as Solomon would say, are just meaningless. They have no purpose. But to fear the Lord has tremendous purpose. To walk in the fear of the Lord, to honor God with our life, taps into greater promises. And this is what Solomon is going to tell us, that as we fear the Lord, we will grow wiser. The wise man allowed to be rebuked grows wiser still. And now there's a difference, as you may already know, a difference between wisdom and knowledge. Knowledge is knowing things. Wisdom is knowing how to use the knowledge. So we can know a lot of things, but a person cannot know a lot and yet be incredibly wise and be more efficient and have a more blessed life. And a person can have all the knowledge and yet a little bit of wisdom. And of course, their life can be a devastation. And we can see this in our modern days. So why don't we look at that just for a moment? And as to our current events, what's going on right now, now that we've established that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, beginning of knowledge. I want to say this before we get to the current event. Solomon compares wisdom to riches and rubies and fine gold and to be absolutely wealthy, that it's better to have wisdom is better than riches. Now, again, this is the wisest man on the planet. This is the richest man on the planet. And he's saying, my money does me no good without being wise. He can give us a true testimony of saying, I've had both. And I'm telling you that wisdom is better. It's supreme. He says, get wisdom. He says, having done everything, get wisdom, become wiser. So current events, looking at what's happening in the world today, we've got just crazy things going on. I heard recently of a representative pulling a fire alarm to distract the House of Representatives from making a very crucial vote. And of course, he was in the minority party. And of course, this was just a dirty trick to try to shut the whole thing down. And yet now, He's denying that he recognized, he's saying, I thought it was a doorknob. And of course, apparently I understand that this representative was a former principal of a school or a superintendent of schools. And you look at that and say, okay, right. What are we, fools? No, we're not fools. We look at that and we can see, and a wise person says, no, they're just telling a lie. And a wise person can recognize the difference between truth and those people who are lying, or who at least have enough character to say, yeah, that was stupid. You shouldn't have done that. Own up to it. But then, see, that's what happens is fools then lack the character, just like our Aesop's fable, that before too long, a person who stands in a position and is wearing the lion's skin will eventually show themselves to be the ass, to be the person without character. That's just the way it works in this life, folks. That's just the way it works. When we vote for people, as Martin Luther King Jr. said, he said, look, I hope we choose people based on the content of their character as opposed to their race or their position or whatever. Sometimes we make decisions based on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And character is in the heart. You can't gloss it over. You can't hide it. There are so many other things going on, of course, you know, the chaotic world that we're living in, real battle between the globalism and populism or nationalism the battle between communism and capitalism and socialism, 
All the isms are at battle with one another. And a wise person is able to look at this and say, you know, this is, this is a distraction. A wise person is able to look and say, not everything that is happening is what's really happening. And perhaps the world is beginning to wake up. Maybe even Americans are beginning to wake up and realize for the first time in maybe over a hundred years that we've been played, now that we're growing in wisdom, now that we're growing in understanding, that we can really see the donkeys. We can see the asses that are truly the ones controlling things. Elite, selfish, greedy, deceiving liars that are trying to manipulate. And one might just say, well, Lord, how long is it going to take for the donkeys, the asses, to reveal themselves, trying to pretend to be the lion? I don't know, but according to Aesop, it will happen eventually. And of course, in Scripture, we can know that too, that before long, the fool will make themselves available. We'll be able to see them. But for us today, in becoming wiser Christians, we don't want to sit and judge. We want to just learn, and we want to teach. We want to teach our families. As a father, I want to teach my children to say, now look at that. You see what's going on here? You know, I hope you're not being deceived. You're not being drawn into that. And to know what a lie is, someone trying to cover something over, or even false accusations. False accusations. I mean, the scripture says that bearing false testimony is an evil thing, it's something that God will not tolerate and will eventually come back like a, a mountain of rocks upon those who accuse others falsely. Wisdom says, I'm going to avoid all the extremes. I'm going to avoid getting in the middle of that. Even as a pastor, when I preach, I try to preach with wisdom. In other words, to try not to be excessive, even though there are times that I just do because of conspiracy, because of this crazy world that we live in. Like I mentioned on Sunday, this conference of all of those people that were identifying as being dogs. It was actually quite a large conference. It was well over a thousand people there, and I'm sure it's growing. Also heard recently a major tech conference. It was a women's tech conference is actually now taken over by non-binary or trans males who identify as being females, and they're running the women's conference on a uh, women's tech conference. So again, one can look at that and just say, well, okay, you know, or you can say there's something wrong. <laughs> there's something wrong. And wisdom would stand back and say, yes, there is indeed something wrong. Because, you know, you can turn your back on some of these things for a long time. And I forgot who it was. I, you know, one of our famous founders, you know, was talking about the fact that we can eventually ignore things so that we have hypersensitive feelings for the imbecile. I mean, I hate to shoot straight, but I'm not quoting it directly. But there are the fools and the imbeciles among us that because we are made to feel that we have to compromise our beliefs for their sake, that we can't speak. We have to consider and to make room for the fool. That will never end well, folks. It just never will. It won't end well. And there are examples of that in the world today, I'm sure. But we'll finish with this, and that is, how do I get wisdom? How do I gain wisdom is what you're probably wondering and asking. If you're a person who's already wise, then you know how to get it. You learn, you look, you listen, you grow. You don't speak too quickly. You listen. You do a lot of listening. What I used to do as a young man, I was always looking at those older men that I looked at, and I just instinctively knew that they had character, that they were a lion on the outside and a lion on the inside. 
And I don't know. I don't know if I was just given an innate ability to recognize the difference. There were those who, if I saw they had a boastful spirit that I would withdraw from, and I wasn't drawn to that. But if I saw humility and yet strong strength, success, and ability, that would be a man that I would follow or listen to. Apart from that, of course, the scriptures, the Bible. And if you're not reading in the book of Proverbs on a regular basis, I encourage you to do so because it is those nuggets of wisdom and truth that really help us to protect us. That's what Solomon will tell us is that wisdom guides us, wisdom guards us, wisdom protects us so that we can watch what we look at, watch where we walk our lives, what is the direction of our life, who are we doing life with. All of these questions, we let wisdom into the door of those decisions, and we're going to find ourselves a lot happier because it's not just about emotions, folks. It's about our condition. It's not just about how we're feeling. It's about what's going on in our life to make us feel that way. Pressures, stresses, debt, heavy load of debt, commitments, things that we have sold our soul to, so to speak, that will make us very, very sad people for decades. And so wisdom says, no, I'm not going to align myself with that thing that would demand my soul, demand my time, demand me violating my conscience or violating what I know on the inside to be right. We learn this from scripture. We learn this from Solomon. We learn this from the Holy Spirit. Well, folks, I thank you for listening to me today. And I hope this has been a way of encouraging you to grow wiser still. And again, none of us are complete. None of us have finished the journey. But the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And so why don't we just take a moment to sow those seeds right now? Join me as we pray. Lord, we do recognize that you're the all-sovereign, wise God. Lord, you know all things and you've always known them. You are omniscient. And because that is true, then Lord, there you are. You've availed yourself and we need to avail ourselves of your mighty wisdom. And you have revealed yourself to us. And you've sent your Holy Spirit to indwell us, which means we have everything we need. We have access to the ultimate wisdom. We have access to truth. And one, Holy Spirit, you, you are there to caution us, to encourage us, to give us boldness, and to give us courage to help us push through and do the right thing, to tap into the grace of God so that we can then be blessed, blessed in all that we do blessed in all that we say, blessed in our relationships, blessed in our future, our hope, blessed in every decision that we make. Lord, I pray that, Lord, we would not be hogtied, Lord, or, or held back in this kind of fear of making a bad decision. No. Lord, help us to just live our lives trusting God that you're going to lead us step by step. Lord, if we need to take time to step back and think about it, and if we've got time, help us to do that. But Lord, we trust you that you're going to lead us. Lord, as you taught us to pray, to lead us not into temptation, but you're going to deliver us from evil. You're going to give us wisdom. And Lord, we're going to bear the fruit of that wisdom because it's greater than fine riches and gold. Lord, if we have to make decisions in this life that we cut off a potential future for being wise and trusting you, then so be it. And then we'll be wiser still and we'll be richer in your eyes forever. Lord, I thank you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Folks, thanks for joining me. We'll see you next time. Bye.